If I say the name Paul Ducasse, what comes to mind? Well, for a lot of people, I think it's probably this. That, of course, is The Sorcerer's Apprentice, a piece made world-famous thanks to a certain mouse in the Walt Disney film Fantasia. The success of that piece largely eclipsed the composer's other efforts. Of course, he also didn't publish all that many works during his 70-year life. Nevertheless, he remains a celebrated figure in the music world, particularly in his native Paris. There, his charms and talents as a writer and pedagogue are legendary. And that's with good reason. He counted Debussy and Dandy among his friends, and Messiaen, Duruflet, Ponce, and Rodrigo were just a few of his esteemed pupils. It should also be noted that the number of works Ducasse published does not accurately reflect the number of works he actually composed. Like Brahms and Sibelius, a great number of Ducasse's scores were destroyed at the composer's own hand, including most of what was intended to be a second symphony. Talk about high standards. No wonder his music was appealing to the similarly fanatical Pierre Boulez. The last substantial work Ducasse published was his one-act ballet La Perry in 1912. It depicts the story of a young Persian prince named Iskander, the name of Alexander the Great in Persian or Farsi. He travels to the ends of the earth in search of the lotus flower of immortality and finds it in the hand of a sleeping fairy or peri of the title. Iskender steals the flower, which greatly upsets the fairy. Without it, she cannot properly serve the god of light. But since the flower isn't meant for Iskender's hands, it begins to put him under a spell, filling him with lust for the fairy. Sensing this, she performs a seductive dance while the flower of immortality causes Iskender's face to glow red with desire. Realizing he is unworthy of the flower, Iskender willingly returns it to the fairy. She disappears into paradise with it while Iskender is left behind to die and rot. Here, then, is La Perry by Paul Ducasse. Pierre Boulez conducts The New York Philharmonic.
Washington Post critic Paul Freed called that performance the most exciting orchestral performance I've ever heard. That was the Ballet La Perry by Paul Ducasse. The New York Philharmonic was conducted by Pierre Boulez from a 1976 Columbia release. One interesting footnote to that work, because the original score began so quietly, Ducasse later composed a short fanfare to precede it. His reason for doing so? To give the typically noisy audience of the day time to settle in their seats before the so-called real work began. Next, we turn to a recording of Beethoven's first piano concerto that the Philharmonic made in October of 1960. We spend so much time celebrating Bernstein the conductor, Bernstein the educator, Bernstein the composer, and Bernstein the orator, it's easy to forget that Lenny was also an extremely gifted pianist. He often said that the piano was his first love, and this is just one of several works he kept in his active repertoire for much of his life. So let's now hear the Piano Concerto No. 1 by Beethoven from the keyboard, Leonard Bernstein leads the New York Philharmonic.
Piano Concerto Number no. 1 by Beethoven, the New York Philharmonic was led from the piano by Leonard Bernstein. Philharmonic this week is generously underwritten by the Kaplan Brothers Fund, the Audrey Love Charitable Foundation, and by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts on the web at arts.gov. Vince Ford is the executive producer of this series. The music producer is audio director Lawrence Rock. The broadcasts are written and directed by Mark Travis with production assistance from Ian Good and Stacy Gerard. And for now, until next time, this is Alec Baldwin wishing you good health and good music. This program is distributed worldwide by the WFMT Radio Network.